0: Okay. We've been in this series for a little while. We're going to pick up where we left off, and let's read our text, Ephesians 6, verse 18. 6:18 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, the New International Version, again, says it this way, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert." and always keep on praying for all the saints. And so in studying this passage as our text, we're talking about like it says all kinds or all manner, all different kinds of prayer that there are in the Bible. And I hate to hate to say we're studying all of them because I every now and then I realize I don't know something. <laughs> There's something in the Bible uh, that I have not come across yet, or or maybe have read it a bunch of times, but just didn't really see it. So I don't. Want, I'm hesitant to ever to use the the word exhaustive or all all inclusive terms in reference to a particular subject. But uh, we are attempting to study all kinds of prayer and uh, and doing our best to to lay this out so we can pray effectively. And when we can pray effectively in the different situations that we face in life because, again, they don't, they don't all call for the same type of prayer. They don't all call for, then, again, the same rules that govern that prayer. But we have different types of prayer at different times and different circumstances, and we should understand how they work. Now, uh, you remember last time we were talking to you about the prayer... Uh, of what we what we call the prayer of consecration, okay? We get that from Jesus and, and uh, what he did in the Garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross to redeem us from death, hell, and the grave. Jesus prayed that prayer, consecrating himself to do the will and purpose of God. And we've come to find out that it's very important that we, in our lives, set aside things and consecrate them for his purpose and for his plans. This is one of those times right now. Amen. And and we should have a heart right now that when we come to, to church service, we're coming here for His purposes, for His desire, for His goals. We come with a different mindset, a different mentality, with a deeper level of commitment and a respect and awe for His holy presence. And it's not, like I said before, it's not the same as when I go to the gym or when I go to socialize with friends or uh, this is something different it is a higher level and it should be treated as such we should honor god with the respect that he deserves and when we come to church doesn't mean we're not gonna you know laugh and, and have fellowship and do some very natural things but we understand that we're involved with a higher purpose we're involved with something that is eternal that's everlasting and it is a privilege it is an honor to be a part of what god is doing in the earth today okay and that's how we should see it so we come in with a whole uh, new level and higher level of respect for the things of God of course that permeates out through us uh, to other people and other people are respected but we should have an attitude that I'm coming here tonight I'm coming here whenever you know Sunday mornings whenever it is I'm coming here to be a part of a holy thing this is not just something that's common something that I want to mix in the boat and, and make average and just like everything else no this is separated it's it's set apart for god's purpose i'm consecrated for his purposes and his charge and his rule in my life and i'm going to let god have his way okay listen let's be determined that when we get together that we're going to hear from heaven Let's be determined that when we get together that God is going to be pleased. He's going to be glorified. And and one way that happens is other people are lifted up. People are encouraged and blessed and helped. And we're here to serve each other. Man, there's so many things I could say. I just believe it's really honoring to God when we have Him in mind and not so much us in mind. But we're here to serve others. We're here to have His purposes accomplished in us. Amen. That's the attitude, the mindset that we come with, and that creates an atmosphere. And I say this not as rebuke or really even correction. There's all of us that we can always make changes and improve in this area, but I hear constantly when we have different different guests come in and guest speakers that come in, uh, they... They pay me compliment, and I just pass it right on to the Lord, but uh, they, they say there's just a really good spirit here. there's a really good atmosphere here. People tell me m- guest ministers come and say it's easy to to preach here, easy to teach because people are really uh, hungry and they're really on fire and and a uh, uh, friend that was here here recently wasn't wasn't ministering. He said, "Wow, they, these people stopped by Starbucks on the way to church, didn't they <laughs> And I said, "Well, yes." pretty normal around here. And uh, and what he meant is people were just energetic and excited about the things of God. And I believe, you know, that goes right in hand in hand with having a holy respect. How many know uh, having respect and honor and treating the things of God is not always about quietness. Sometimes God is respected and honored in loudness I mean just being excited it's the real thing coming out of our heart not putting on religious religious garb and and, and doing our things and swinging a chain and throwing some smoke around and some uh, and, no we're, sorry about that but uh, but what we are we are we are hungering after the things of God and we want him and nothing else can take the place of him and we are going to honor him from the inside out gonna show up through our actions through our eyes through the love of God pouring out through us come on now we need to have a heart to honor and be consecrated under the things of god all right now now tonight uh, continuing on let's talk about what i call the prayer of commitment okay what i and, and i didn't even actually make this up i got this one from brother Hagen. all right the prayer of commitment and that's uh, found in first peter chapter five. five first peter chapter five and verse seven anything that we really get that's right comes from the bible anyway Right. First Peter chapter five over here in verse seven, it says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. What do we do with the prayer of commitment? We cast all of our care upon him for he cares for us. Many times if if you are praying and seemingly not getting results in your praying, it may be time to pray this type of prayer. All right, sometimes people pray a real good solid prayer about a situation, but what happens after they say amen, all right, is what undermines that prayer from being fruitful and coming to pass in their life, okay? It's not all about just pray and that's it. Sometimes it's important what we do after it, and what happens many times is people pray, they give it to the Lord, and then they end their prayer and grab it back, okay? And this type of prayer will help keep it in the Lord's hands. It will help keep this the situation in God's control so His power can effectively work on it, okay? And so if things are not working, make sure you're still in that position where God is able to work on the situation by praying this prayer. Now, the Amplified Bible says it this way. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on Him. For He cares for you affectionately, and cares about you watchfully. Okay? And so we can see that if I effectively, once and for all, pray this prayer, then I have no anxiety. I have no worry. I have no concerns in my life. But if I have not effectively prayed this prayer, I may have prayed about something in my life, but then afterward, I'm still worried about it. Afterward, I'm still constantly fretting and thinking about it. Afterward, I still have anxiety in my life. Okay, if that is the case, those worries, those fears, and anxieties undermine the previously prayed prayer of faith, for example. And this prayer will help to keep that stuff away from us so that our faith is unhindered. We must realize that there is faith that operates in the life of of the believer, but there also are hindering forces that try to undermine our faith and keep it from being fully effective. All right. Now, Now look with me also at Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Psalm 37 is a great chapter. Really like that. But we just want to look at one verse here tonight. Psalm 37 and verse 5, it says, commit your way to the Lord. What should you do? Commit your way to the Lord. Say, I'm already committed to the Lord. Well, I know you've committed your life to the Lord, but sometimes there are certain areas and certain ways that we must commit to the Lord. He said, uh, he said, trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Well, what if we don't commit our way and trust also in him, then the Lord will not bring it to pass. How many know the Lord bringing something to pass is that's a conditional promise right there. Well, I just believe the Lord's going to do what he plans to do and what's in his sovereign will to do. Then why do we have this verse? Are we saying that committing our way and trusting in him is irrelevant? Because with God, it's very relevant. For Him to move in our life, it's very important that we do our part of committing our way to Him and trusting in Him. Now, let me give you this from the Young's Literal Translation. It says, roll on Jehovah thy way and trust upon Him and He worketh, okay? Roll on Jehovah thy way. And so here's here's what happens oftentimes is uh, we're carrying around stuff as a burden in our mind and in our emotional realm that we shouldn't be carrying. And it is keeping us from having the fullness of what God wants to do. It's keeping our prayers from becoming effective. We are hanging on to problems in the mental realm which is called worry and fear and anxiety. And until we are able to roll that over on the Lord he's not able to bring it to pass until we roll it once and for all completely and finally over upon his grace and his power he is not able to fully work and do his best in our lives now understand this sometimes people get part of what God wants sometimes we are living in uh, uh, a certain percentage or degree of God's perfect will and his best okay how, how can i say this it's not that you are either having all god or none god now don't confuse that with someone being partially saved i don't mean that you're either saved or you're not as far as born in born again but i'm talking about in our practical life experiencing uh, uh what god has to offer many of us we're living in part of that And as we learn and renew our minds and grow in these areas, we are able to increase that more and more. As we are doers of the Word and not hearers only, we are able to increase more and more to experience what God has to offer us. All right? It's not about, well, I'm saved now, so now I got the fullness of everything God has ever promised and doing. It's in my life. Well, if that's true, your life is pretty much the same as it'll be in heaven you know, other than persecutions, other than, the, you know, de- resisting the devil. But other than that, you, you've got the fullness of it, all right? And so what, what we're endeavoring to do is to get more of what we have in Christ. When I say get it, I'm talking about living it out. And so our, our way must be committed to Him. Sometimes people will ask the Lord as things are really difficult in their life and they're, really got a, they're carrying a heavy load and they, they, they want to say things like, Lord, just lighten my load. And, uh, well, I want to tell you, the Lord doesn't want to lighten your load. He wants to take the whole thing, okay? (laughs) He doesn't want you just... uh, He just doesn't want to help you with your worries, help you with your uh, anxieties in your life. Lord, just help me be strong to get through this. No, no, the Lord wants you to give it all to Him until, until you have zero anxiety and fear and worry in your life. We roll all of this stuff completely over on Him so He can take them over. Because when God has... This, this stuff you don't either he has it or we have it and again i know people can do things partially but oftentimes when we're done we do it partially we roll it on him and what it means is then we take it back and we may live worry free for a day and then we pull it back again and we're constantly anxious and that is a good sign that god is not at work on that problem and that situation Okay. Now when we talk about giving things over to the Lord, casting our cares upon Him, I'm not talking about a passive way of praying, where someone just said, oh, it's all in the Lord's hands, and they're just kind of staying out of it. I'm talking about more of an aggressive approach, where we are using our faith, and i got to tell you, this prayer takes faith to pray. It takes some internal fortitude and strength to be able to cast your care upon the Lord, because there is... Your carnal mind... And there is an ugly devil who will come and try to remind you every second of the day about how it's not working, how God's not doing anything, nothing's changing. It's been this way for so many years in your life, and it's going to keep being this way. And uh, and those thoughts will keep coming back to you, and it takes a person of strength who will going to stand up and say, no, I've cast that care on the Lord. I've turned it over to Him. I'm not going to worry about it. I refuse to take that back. I'm going to do something else. Okay? Because the Lord is actively at work. But it's not, a, it's not a passive prayer. This is an aggressive prayer that says God is on the job. Come on now. Things are changing even as I sit, even as I speak, even as I go to work, even as I go to bed. I believe God is at work behind the scenes moving in my life, moving in my body, moving in my, my job, moving in my marriage, moving, it, moving to cause His will to come to pass. I've committed my way unto the Lord and He is faithful and He will do it. He will bring it to pass Amen. and so uh, if you the, pray the prayer of faith but then hold on to the problem it will be undermined okay when we pray the prayer of faith we understand that uh, that we've put God on the on the situation all right but then we so then we're not going to worry we're not going to fear and uh, uh, sometimes I found this that sometimes people pray but they don't really want to be problem free because then they wouldn't have anything to talk about. It's called complain. You don't know anyone like that, do you? If everything was positive and nothing was wrong in the world, <laughs> nothing was wrong in their life, what would, you do? What would they have to talk about? <laughs> All right. And they wouldn't get any sympathy. And so we, we need to make sure that when we pray, we really want freedom and victory and, and life, and, and we want things to be corrected. We don't really want problems. Now, it's interesting. You don't need to turn there, but back in the, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, where the Bible has the blessings and cursings of the law, it's interesting that one of the curses for not obeying the, uh, the commands of God, not living under the commands of God, was he said in verse 66, that your life shall hang in doubt before you. You shall fear day and night, and have no assurance of life. And so other translations even bring about the word the word worry in the in there. And basically, what what what's a part of the curse is when people are fretting, they're anxious, they can they can't hardly sleep, they've got so many things that they're focused on and worrying about. And what about this? And I don't know if this is going to work. And and that's a curse. Okay. The blessing of God is the contrary, where we can rest and say, no, it's all good. God is on my side. The Lord is on the job. The Lord is bringing it to pass. I commit my way unto Him. And He's faithful to do it now. And so worry and fear are really a part of the curse of the law. Go over to Matthew 6 with me as well. Understand that worry is a complete waste of time. Now I'll be the first to stand up and, and admit I've wasted time worrying before. Okay, and I, I, I think if anyone said they'd never have, I, you're probably a liar. <laughs> We've all wasted time worrying about things, and it, well, what it is, it's called meditation on the wrong thing, and it's fearing the worst to happen. It's really faith in reverse, and, uh, uh, and, and praise God, we don't have to have that. We don't have to worry, but many of us have done it, but understand if we just remind ourselves this, we are completely wasting our time when we're worrying. Every moment you've spent, every time you've spent it popped out a new gray hair doing it. I don't know if that's a myth or not, but we seem to think that that's true. Uh, 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 But we spend time worrying about things and in reality probably shorten our lives uh, as as a result of it. Uh, But it's a complete waste of time. It doesn't help. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and over here in, in verse 25, he said, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. That's a command there. Isn't it? This is the word of Jesus. He commanded us. Do not worry about your life. Now let, now, let me just stop there for a moment. Sometimes people have seen worry as almost like uh, that, if, that if, if I really care about you, I'll worry about you. That if someone really loves someone else, if they really uh, do, do, they are really important to them, then they'll worry about them, worry that everything's uh, wrong. And they actually, I've heard people use this as a compliment try to use that as a compliment you know i'm just worrying about you (laughs) and and we think oh and i think some of us we don't know how to respond to that because we think well i i guess that's good you care about me quit it (laughs) because listen if you worry about me that doesn't help me at all and you know what else it doesn't help you and in reality it hurts the situation i'd rather someone be neutral just I mean, it doesn't sound like they care a whole lot, but uh, just don't even think about me. <laughs> as opposed to worrying, I'd rather have someone say, you know, I'm believing everything's going to be good good with you. That you're protected, you're provided for, you're safe. Every, as opposed to, I'm worrying about you. That's not a compliment. Okay? It's a direct violation of this word from Jesus. He said, do not worry about your life. Don't do it. Someone said, I just can't help myself. I'm just got." We know for certain that we can help ourselves because the Lord would not have instructed us not to worry if it were out of our control and out of our power. You have the ability to, e- to eliminate worry from your life. E- eliminate anxiety. How? Well, through the prayer commitment. Really, God's empowering us to do this. Okay, He said, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of much more value than they? Which which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? That's talking to the short people. (laughs) A lot of times short people want to be taller, and... uh, And he's telling you, don't worry about it. (laughs) Because what's going to happen? Nothing. (laughs) You are not getting any taller. All right? And uh, by worrying about what you're going to eat is not going to put food on your plate. Worrying about what you're going to wear is not going to get you some new duds right? Worrying about all these things is not going to help you at all. And he went on to say, if you, you know, if you go on to finish this, he talked about seeking first the kingdom of God. He said, if you'll seek first my kingdom, I'll add all these things to you. That's taken care of. But know this for certain, worrying does not get it accomplished. Worrying does not get it done, all right? People worry about food and clothing. They worry. He went on to talk about worrying about tomorrow. A lot of people worrying about their future, but again, worrying about your future doesn't prepare you for your future and actually will undermine anything that's, that's, that's good about your future and it'll cause the worst to be magnified. How many know whatever you feed grows? <laughs> and whatever you meditate on and give time to and give thought to, it's going to be magnified and increased in your life. If it's a stronghold in your life, it'll get stronger It'll get a stronger hold upon you. But if you'll stop feeding it and cut those thoughts off from your mind and stop worrying and and fearing, it will diminish, it will loosen its grip, it'll get smaller and smaller. And the Word of God and God's provision and His life and your life will get, will get stronger and stronger in you. And it's very important that we give our attention to the right things. Okay? And so nothing really changes as a result of worrying. This is interesting. He, where Jesus said here in that first part we read, He said... Uh, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your maybe I was reading that in a different translation. Who's got the King James Bible? Let's see if that was if that's if that's the one. Thirty one. There it is. Thirty one. Let me see if that's the same in mind. Six thirty Yeah, I didn't need your Bible after all. Ooh, it's anointed though. Man, there's some actually i wanted to get some revelation out of his because i didn't want to use mine up (laughs) once you get once you use it all up you got to go get a new one and i kind of like mine i want to hang on to it for a while verse 31 he says do not worry saying notice that notice that those words together worry Saying, worry, saying. Here's the issue. Just because someone has a thought come to their mind, that doesn't mean they're in sin. That doesn't mean they're doing the wrong thing. That doesn't really mean they're full of doubt and unbelief. You're never going to be able to keep every single bad or negative or doubtful thought from coming to you, okay? And it doesn't mean that anything's wrong with you if you have thoughts of of worry and doubt and and those things come to you. But here's a good key to keep us from going that way and giving place to worry and anxiety, he he said, don't say anything about it. Don't worry saying. And if you can keep these things out of your mouth, you're very likely going to keep them out of your heart. And oftentimes people, it starts with a thought, and then they meditate on that thought, and they start, uh, it starts going over and over in their mind. It's only a matter of time until it's coming out of their mouth, and they're going to be sharing it with somebody else, and they're going to be talking trash and talking negative, spewing all this garbage, and that's really when it takes a root in our lives, and it's more difficult than ever to get out then, okay? And so when when we're endeavoring to live this life and cast our care upon the Lord, what needs to happen is our mouth needs to agree with our prayer of commitment. Our mouth needs to agree that our problem is not our own, but we've rolled it over on the Lord, and He is faithful to take care of it now, okay? And so uh, if you look over also at Luke chapter 10, we'll take this a little bit further, Luke chapter 10, it's, it's interesting if you look at uh, the emotional realm and worry and anxiety and stress uh, th- that different uh, people in the medical profession will tell you that it has a great effect on people's physical bodies. Okay? In fact, uh, one thing I read by a particular uh, medical uh, uh, institution, they said that 75 to 90% of all doctor visits are for stress-related conditions. This was the... Cleveland Clinic Foundation. They said uh, that effects of frequent stress run the gommet, Headaches, stomach issues, high blood pressure, chest pains, fatigue, depression, diabetes, obesity, skin conditions, anxiety, and sleep disorders. Those are ones that they mentioned. That basically the majority of people that are going to see the doc it's not a matter of some some virus floated through the air and attached itself to them and or something like that is that really their emotions got the best of them and the negative forces of stress and worry and fear and anxiety have gotten the best of them and it has really wrecked havoc in their body okay now this is something that we can learn because how many know we teach divine healing and minister healing and people get healed? But I can tell you this, uh, we don't always cover the after side. And here's the deal, someone can be healed by the power of God, it's His will. God loves people so much to be healed, but if they go right back to worry and anxiety and fear and just living a stress-filled life, i got to tell you, they're going to go back into their problems all right, that situation is going to come back to them. And someone said, what's that wrong? Actually, I just thought it was, if they were healed, they should still be healed. Well, the healing will be real, but they're going right back to causing, or really we could say this way, opening the door for those things to reassert themselves in their physical body, okay? There is, uh, there's not really a, a a subject that I can deal with in Christianity that is exclusive and it's all by itself and it doesn't have other components to it. Everything kind of relates together, okay? Uh, my living for God and prospering financially and having a good marriage and serving God and being fruitful in the ministry He's called me to and, and just all kinds of things, they all really interconnect, okay? And if we separate them so I have faith to be healed, I know fine and good, but then how do you live the rest of your life? Because it could be quite contrary to living a happy, healthy, fulfilled life, all right, and so we've got to do things like this where we say, "I'm not going to worry about it, man, I'm not going to worry about it. I've rolled it over upon the Lord, and I refuse to fear, and there's a reason the basis for us refusing to enter into that emotional state is not just. We're living oblivious to reality. No, we're applying the very promises of God to our situation. This is substantive. Come on now. This is the very promises. It's the Word of God. And when I choose to uh, allow His Word to work in me, that again, I want to say that's not passive. This is aggression, okay? This is getting God's power to work in my life and His promises to come to pass. Amen. And, and so over here in Luke chapter 10. Everybody there? Luke 10. It says in verse 38, "...now it happened as they, as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house." And and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. What was his word to her? She is worried and troubled about many things. He said, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. All right? And here we go. Martha had a problem with worry, didn't she? And she was always just, she's just fretting about everything. And someone's just trying to hear from the master and receive the good word of God. And she's all up in arms because things aren't getting done. And how many know sometimes things can wait? And sometimes we need to understand there are priorities and there are uh, levels that we should give to things and stop worrying about all the details when God is doing something. Okay? Now I say that, and you understand me and what I did earlier with a little piece of trash. <laughs> I believe in the details, and I can understand Martha. <laughs> saying we got some stuff to do here let's get her done (laughs) come on now let's get some things done and get cleaned up but we have to understand that sometimes we can't be so worried and doing so much in our life that we don't have time to relax and receive the word of God okay a lot of times people are doing things in their life that they don't need to be doing they it's not that it's of no value or that it's not important it's just not that they don't need to be doing it and they're spending so much time uh, fretting and worrying because they don't have time to do everything in their life because they're doing too many things. They're doing some things that they're not supposed to be doing. All right? And so just like Mar- Martha, many people today are occupied with things that keep them from hearing the words of Jesus. And so we must prioritize and, and, and keep seeking first the kingdom of God. Now, now over in Philippians chapter 4, uh, we'll begin to finish up over here. Philippians chapter 4. Let me throw this one out to you as well. Get ready to catch. Proverbs Proverbs 12, 25 says, Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. That's Proverbs 12, 25. Now now we're over here in Philippians 4. And again, we have a, a, a similar word. Here, at talking about prayer, we've actually already read this in this series, but didn't focus on this part. 4 6. It says, Be anxious for what? Nine. How many things is that? <laughs> Come on, how many languages can we? <laughs> Nada. Zippo. Nine? Doesn't that mean no? None. Let's just stay with English. (laughs) Be anxious for nothing. Nothing. You read that in other translations, you can get that magnified out again. Don't have any worries, have any cares, have any anxieties about anything. That's the will of God. How much should you be worried about? Nothing. Not worried about anything. Nothing. Imagine living that way. Now, talk, talk. It's easy to read here. It's easy to see it on the page. It's easy to say in theory. Think about a life where a person never worries about anything. They never have anxieties about anything in their life. Whew. I think we'd have less wrinkles. <laughs> Again, I'm not sure about the gray hair thing, but Maybe no worries maybe some people would have more hair (laughs) maybe we'd live longer think we'd live longer yeah i have more confidence in that than the whole hair thing live longer think there'd be more happiness in life oh yeah think uh, there'd be better relationships Come on now, have you ever snapped at someone and it was a time when you were in big time stress? Things were coming down on you and maybe you were worried about finances or worried about a job or worried about the kids or something. Pressure was on you. And that's when mm, you let someone else have it. It doesn't make it okay, but we understand. We were allowing cares to remain in our life instead of rolling them on Him. We kept them and it impacted us okay and it messes it messes a whole lot of situations up. Do we think that if people never worried there would be some people who were married but they're not anymore but they still would be but they let worry overtake them anxieties and that affected how they related to their spouse How many people have snapped at the wrong time and it cost them cost them a job how many people have been so stressed out that they're <clears throat> driving down the road, not paying good attention, got in a car accident, affects a lot of things. Not real excited about this anymore, are you? <laughs> anyway, he said, be anxious for nothing, nothing. I said, but you don't know my situation. I mean, I got stuff I got deadlines, man. I got to get things done. There are not enough hours in the day to get things done. I think it's justified in my life that I'm anxious. Not. Listen, I know how to be busy too, (laughs) and I have times where, wow, I just got too much going, and I'm up from, you know, dark to dark. I know that's not real long this time of year, but (laughs) in the summer it's long. But just doing things constantly. But understand, that is not an excuse to let worry sneak creep in. We've got to continue in faith. We roll it over on him and say, I'm not going to worry. The Lord's bringing it to pass. He's working on my life. He said, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And so here's what we're not talking about. Not talking about just a mental force. I'm going to push those thoughts out of my mind. <clears throat> not going to think about them. Not going to think about them. Not going to think about them. Right? A lot of people wage a mental warfare. And that can be very, very difficult. I heard someone say one, uh, one time, um, if I tell you, don't think about cat. No, that's not the illustration they used. That was my illustration. I'll use theirs; it was better. Don't think about uh, banana. I want you to keep, I want you to take that yellow banana out of your mind completely. No, but stop. Quit thinking about the banana. <laughs> use your mental power now. Resist thinking about that banana. Do not ever think about. In fact, I want you to do that for a whole year. Do not think about banana. <laughs> how many know that can be pretty difficult just the very fact that you sit you tell me don't think about the banana there's something in our something in our makeup that says i'm going to think about a banana (laughs) just because you told me not to uh what we need to do is think about the apple all right instead of saying stop thinking about banana stop thinking about banana stay think about the apple think about the apple don't even talk about the banana Act like the banana's not even there. Just think about the apple. And what we want to do in our life to er- eradicate worry and anxiety from us is not just say, oh, don't think about that. Replace it. Replace what you're worrying about with what God said. Come on, change the channel, man. If it keeps blaring at you, turn the channel and get onto something else. And that's what God, that's what basically what He's saying here. He says, don't have worry and anxiety about anything, but by prayer and su- how do you say it? With prayer and supplication, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And so I'm stop- substituting my time of worry and substituting it with the time of prayer. Okay? Instead of focusing on the problem, and we know this, how do we pray? Well, we pray the word. Right? We pray the word. Do you remember John 15? If, his, if you abide in me and my Word abides in you, and you'll ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So basically, I'm not worrying about the problem. I'm focused on the Word of God and what He says, and I'm ex- instead of expressing worry and fear and anxiety over here, I'm expressing faith and confidence in what God has said. And so what do I do if it comes back? It will. It'll try to come back into your brain. But what do you say? No, I've cast all my care upon the Lord. He cares for me, and according to His Word. And then you go into thanksgiving and praise. I thank you, Lord, that this thing belongs to you. You have it. You're at work in my life now. You're taking care of this. I don't need to worry. I don't need to fear. It. I don't even have to have any anxiety about anything. Okay? How can I tell if I'm really uh, uh, not casting my care upon the Lord? If I've, uh, if I've really, you know, cast it and then I reeled it back in? <laughs> if I'm still holding on to it? Well, sometimes you, you can hardly sleep for thinking about it. It's a good sign that you have it and God doesn't have it. How come it's not working? Because you still have it. How come it's not changing? Because you don't have the power to change it in yourself. That's why he wants you to give it to him. If you get a sick feeling in your stomach when you think about it. Uh, that means you have it. And if you could fix it, you would. Fix it in a second. But you can't, so quit thinking about it. Roll it over on him. If you're constantly checking up on the situation, wonder if it changed yet. Constantly going back to check. Well, again, you're not certain that God that God's that God has it, that He's at work, that He's taking care of it. And this is where the prayer of commitment. You commit your way unto Him. You roll it over. Remember the Young's Literal Translation. You roll it over on Him. Casting all your cares, anxieties, and worries upon Him once and for all. For He cares for you watchfully. He cares for you affectionately. Amen. Father, thank You tonight for being such a good God. Thank You for being faithful to us. Lord, we do honor You and bless You. We do commit our way unto You. Lord, we do roll our situations and our cares and anxieties over on you, for you care for us. Lord, thank you that you care for us watchfully and affectionately. Lord, you're so merciful and so kind to us. Praise God. Praise God. Let's just.